It's a Farm Friday. Let's talk about the Angels. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, more odds, more lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. So, Los Angeles Angels for a Farm Friday. It's going to look a little bit different now that we're in the offseason. We're not going to go team by team. We're going to go kind of position by position. So let's start off in the infield. And I'm going to talk about some of the top prospects, but I'm also going to kind of try to deep dive and give you some of the some of the lesser rated guys who you need to know about in each area of the field. Infield, outfield, pitching. So for the infielders, you have to start with the number one pick from 2022, Zach Neto, 13th, 13th overall pick out of Campbell. And thing here, good defense, good speed. Didn't get much of a chance to play. Got about 37 games, 299, 377, 476. Five home runs, four, 15 extra base hits. Uh, struck out 33 times to 12 walks. Was five of seven on stolen bases. Some of that in high A, some of that in double A. But very good defense, very good speed. The thing that I think may end up capping Zach Neto's potential at the big league level is the power. I don't quite know where the power is going to to end up. He's got average raw power now when you watch him in batting practice. Now I do think because he's so good with his swing plane and making quality contact and backspinning the ball and where you know getting the barrel in the zone. I think he's going to be able to tap into just about all of that power at the big league level. But you're still probably looking at a 15-20 home run guy. The swing has a lot of extra parts to it, so kind of needs to simplify his setup. Uh, needs to. He's got like a bat waggle in his hands in weird places and everything, and just need to kind of streamline the mechanics a bit. But I absolutely feel like he's going to be at least above average uh, with the hit tool and at least average with the power. Uh, Defensively, I like what he does. I like at short. I think he's going to stick there. If he doesn't, he'll absolutely have the arm strength to end up at third instead. Um, Again, Pretty, you know, pretty decent, pretty decent speed. He's a, a very aggressive base runner, but it's not aggressive to the point of reckless. It's just understanding what he can and can't do. So, like what I've seen from Zach Neto, think he's a good prospect and excited for it. Also, have to talk about the top catcher in the system that's not Logan O'Hop or Logan O'Hoppy because he's at the big league level, but. Uh, Edgar Cuero, number four prospect in the system, switch hitter, international free agent in 2020, got 111 games in low A this year, 312, 435, 530, 17 home runs, and 54 extra base hits, 91 strikeouts to 73 walks, and was 12 of 17 on stolen bases, and did all of this stuff at age 19. 
took an absolute jump from when they signed him. I think going into this year, there were some places didn't even have him in the top 30 for this organization. Now he's a top five guy. Um, Very, very mature approach at the plate. You don't see a ton of swing and miss out of him. He doesn't chase a ton. Uh, He does have swing and miss. He's 19 years old. Everybody has swing and miss, especially when you're at age 19. But doesn't chase a ton, and it's not bad swing and miss. Uh, like I said, 73 walks to 91 strikeouts. So he walked less than once per game and and uh, he struck out less than once a game and walked almost as much as he struck out. Uh, very, very good picture. Defensively, good receiver. Arm is, is average or so, but I think he's very good at calling a game, very good at working with pitchers, very good at building the rapport with the pitching staff. Edgar Cuero has a chance in a couple years I think, to be special at the big league level. I mean, I think by the end of 2023, Edgar Cuero is probably a top 100 prospect and could be very special at the big league level. I really like what I see from Edgar Cuero. A couple of other guys that the our friends at Locked On Angels told me they get questions about and listeners want to hear about. Kyron Paris is an infielder that comes up kind of often. So number 25 prospect in the system. Uh, 2019 second rounder out of high school, six foot 180 or so, uh, 89 games in high A this year, 229, 345, 387, eight home runs, 31 extra base hits, 49 walks to 117 strikeouts. So the strikeouts are real. It didn't look great. And that was, like I said, that was 89 in high A. He did get a cameo in double A that looked significantly better than what he did in high A. I'm just worried about the sample size. It was 14 games at the end of the season, that September call-up we talked about. 359, 510, 641. And so I don't quite know, you know, three home runs, uh, five extra base hits. I don't quite know which version of Kyron Paris is the real Kyron Paris. I don't think he's the 360, 510, 650 guy that we saw in Rocket City. But I think he's probably a little better than 229, 345, 387 uh, there in Tri-City. So the big thing here is I don't think he's going to stick at shortstop, okay? He had 60 games at short this year, committed 14 errors. He feels like somebody who's going to be more of a second baseman to me. He's got inconsistencies with his footwork his throwing platform, and then the timing isn't quite there. He rushes throws when he doesn't need to, and then he sits on throws sometimes when he he needs to be getting it out. Uh, And he likes to kind of peek over at the runners uh, and then doesn't always make the the fielding play because he's watching the runner. So that natural clock doesn't really seem to be there. But I think at second base, if if he can be a little more reliable fielding, you're not as concerned with the arm and the release and the footwork at second base because it's it's a shorter throw. So I think he's destined to be at second base. Uh, very good work ethic from what I understand, uh, things like that. I think offensively, the hit tools above average, what's going to uh, hurt him is going to be the power. I, I kind of see him as a 15 to 20 home run uh, cap there. And so if he can develop more power than that, if he can look more like the Rocket City Kyron Paris and not the high A Kyron Paris, as far as power production is concerned, you definitely have the ability to to 
stick as a first division regular. I like him at second. I think he can be a starter. If he can, you know, hit that 20 home run ceiling, as well as hit the ball in the gaps, let his plus speed kind of eat up ground and 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 stretch for extra bases and things like that. Last guy that I want to make sure that I get to from the infield that comes up quite a bit and talks with Angels fans is shortstop Errol Vera, the 29th prospect in the system. 2019 IFA, got 120 games in low A this year. 207, 291, 281. Four home runs, 24 extra base hits, 53 walks to 149 strikeouts, 19 to 26 on stolen bases. I think the stolen bases uh, for Errol Vera are more of a factor because of the clock than they necessarily are because of his speed. I've got his speed as below average to average, you know, fringe to, let's say fringe to average. And so I think the steals are more so he had a clock. Getting caught seven times tells me that it wasn't necessarily just he's so incredibly fast, but more so he's getting good he's getting good reads, getting his timing off, the pickoff restriction, helping out, things like that. Now, sticking at shortstop, again, not kind of not sure if he's gonna be able to do it or not. He's a very smooth defender, but his foot speed. I have that question about his foot speed. I have questions about his weight. We've seen his weight fluctuate in and out. He came out of the pandemic and he had put on about 20 pounds. Not all of it was good weight. He slimmed back down a bit, but he still kind of looks thicker in the lower half. Um, reminiscent of somebody like an Austin Riley with just like a, like a thicker lower half of the body. So I could see him having to move to third. If he does, the arm would absolutely play there. The defense would be above average to plus. Um, it's just one of those, the power ceiling is the question that I have for Errol Vera. In just a minute... I want to get to the outfielders. There's a couple interesting guys here, including uh, potentially one of the breakout prospects in this system next year. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. The World Series is here. It starts tonight. BetOnline.net is your number one source. Forget football, forget basketball. It's your number one source for the World Series. We've got all of our World Series props. Shout out to our buddy Jimmy Shapiro sending the email Tuesday afternoon with the odds and things like that. The line has stayed the same. I have never seen a World Series where the line didn't change. As of Thursday afternoon, 53% of the total bets are on the Phillies. 51% of the total money is on the Astros. The Astros are still favored to win. They're minus 190. Again, not changed. But we have all of the different odds, the World Series MVP odds and all of that stuff. Bryce Harper, 5-1 to one favorite. Jordan Alvarez is second with 13-2. Jeremy Pena, the rookie, shout out to the Litton the Kids play, 9-1, to one, has the third best odds of being World Series MVP. Kyle Schwarber is fourth at 10-1. to one. Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and Kyle Tucker are all right there at 12-1. to one. So World Series odds, out there, you've got all kinds of stuff. You've got props on games. Will it go to extra innings? Minus 300 on no. Will there be a one-run game in the World Series? Minus 150 on yes. Will there be a shutout in the World Series? Minus 900 on no. So you can go out there and find all the different props all about the World Series, anything you can think of. Who hits more home runs? Total number of home runs. Strikeouts per game. Errors. Individual player props. The Taco Bell first player to steal a base in the World Series. Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve are the favorites for the Astros, for 
The Phillies, the favorite is catcher JT Real Muto. World Series is wild this year, you guys. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay, so let's get to the outfielders here. And a couple guys that I want to talk about. Mickey Moniak has to come up first. He was, obviously he was there in the Brandon Marsh trade. You see Marsh is now in the World Series. That's a little awkward. I kind of feel bad for Moniak, one, and feel, you know, feel good for, for Marsh. But 2016 number one overall pick out of high school. So a 1-1. And you see now that his organization has, has, in essence, given up on him by shipping him out. Debuted in 2020. Struggled at the big league level. Came back in 2021 with added muscle. Looked really good. Struggled between the majors and AAA. Uh, left the Arizona Fall League because of an injury. And then this year, looked good in spring training. Broken hand. So rehabbed, went to AAA, and then got promoted in June and then moved in August. So 30 games in the minor leagues between both organizations. 312, 362, 600. Eight home runs, 18 extra base hits, nine walks to 31 strikeouts. Okay, minor league numbers are good. Yep, slugging of 600 is fantastic. MLB numbers between both organizations over 37 games. 170, 207, 302. Three home runs, seven extra base hits, four walks to 44 strikeouts. Now, he did better for LA than he did for Philly. He had 19 games with the Angels at the big league level. 200, 226, 417. Three home runs, 25 strikeouts to one walk. So looked better with LA, but... The issue here is Mickey Moniak is a perfectly solid defender. He's got an average arm. He's got average speed. He is solid, average. He'd probably be above average defensively in a corner. That's fine. Exit Velo is good. He's, he's, he's up on strength. He's added strength. But your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. He's got the swing and miss. Um... 31 games at the, I'm sorry, 30 games at the minor league level, 31 strikeouts. 37 games at the big league level, 44 strikeouts. It's just the swing and miss. Like he doesn't reach base often enough. The bat speed's good. Again, perfectly fine with that. Uh, the contact ability's okay, but he just doesn't get on base enough. And at this point, I don't think you can count on him being one of your starting outfielders and still be a contender. And so if you're getting an extended look at Mickey Moniak in the outfield in LA next year, it worries me about his ability to contribute at a playoff contending level. So he'll probably work in instructs over the fall. He'll look good in spring training. And then hopefully that can carry over into, the, into next year. There's other guys that I am more excited about than him. Uh, number 23 prospect in the system, outfielder Jordan Adams is a guy that comes up quite a bit. So 2018 first rounder out of high school. Uh, stats this year, 238, 317, 332. And that's between high A Tri-City and double A Rocket City. Uh, four home runs, 27 extra base hits, 
42 walks to 124 strikeouts, 33 of 36 on stolen bases. Jordan Adams is incredibly fast. He's probably one of the few players that I would give an 80 grade to for anything. In his case, it's speed. Incredibly fast, plus defender, arm is above average. So you have a pretty high floor. But that being said, offensively, you have questions about the power potential. You have questions about the on-base ability. Now, he did better in every aspect in Rocket City versus Tri-City. So part of me is wondering, is there some park factors at work? What exactly is going on? I need to dig more into that. But I'm just, again, you have the issue of the overall ceiling if you don't have the power potential. If you can hit 250 at the big league level, you can contribute. And again, high floor because the defense is plus, the speed is fantastic. But it's hard to picture somebody with a 250, 320, 360 slash line translating to contending for the playoffs at the big league level, right? And so like that's something you have to figure out. And I don't know what Jordan Adams' future is. Uh, is it possible that he caps out at a Billy Hamilton type with fantastic defense who always has a job because you need that level of competency on defense, but he never hits? He's a better hitter than Billy Hamilton. But... Like, I just, I just don't know exactly what he's going to end up being. I need him to just offensively do a little bit more. One of my two sleepers in this system, uh, catcher Dario Luerde is the other. Uh, he's in the DSL right now. I think he'll be a top 30 prospect by the end of next season. But Yadiel Sanchez, he was the other part of the Mickey Moniak compensation for Brandon Marsh. Not rated right now. I kind of like him to pop a bit. So 2019, 12th rounder out of high school by the Phillies. They moved him pretty early, but 53 games this year. 259, 315, 426. And this is divided between low A Clearwater for the Phillies and low A Inland Empire uh, for the Angels. Six home runs, 17 extra base hits, 14 walks to 38 strikeouts, two of five on stolen bases. So. Yadiel Sanchez is an offensive first outfielder. I can picture him in a corner. He's got a huge arm. Speeds average to above average. Defense is above average as far as center. Probably would be a plus defender in right. Obviously, if you can play right, you can play left. Um, he makes very good contact. He has, he has a, a, a great feel for putting a barrel on the, the ball. Making not just making contact, but making good quality contact. Again, batting average over 300 in Inland Empire. 15 games, small sample size, but still. Um, on base of almost 400. The issue, and now I've said this a few times now, the issue is, what's his power ceiling? He hit six home runs in Clearwater in 38 games. He didn't hit one in 15 games with the Inland Empire. So... Some of that may be park factors. I know what the California League team, uh, the California League parks do to offense, but I want to see Yadiel Sanchez hit for a little bit more power. Have to keep in mind he's also 21, so you've got time to grow into that. Um, he might not be a guy like Edgar Cuero, who was 19 years old and hit 17 home runs, but I do think Yadiel Sanchez has the tools to be an above-average offensive talent. And then you combine that with having a cannon of an arm and decent speed, 
to play right field. And I think you're looking at somebody who in a couple years, because he is only 21, in a couple years can help you compete for the playoffs. In just a minute, I want to talk about some of the pitchers in this system. A couple guys you've heard of. Uh, one of them not rated in the top 30, but probably should be right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So if we're talking pitchers for the Angels, some of these names you've heard, right? You've heard Chase Silseth. You've heard Tucker Davidson. You've heard Sam Bachman. Talk about a couple different guys here. Uh, Landon Marceau, number 10 prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher, uh, 2021 third rounder out of LSU. And 18 games for him. Split between high A and double A. Uh, High A was where he really looked good. So let's let's, let's take that. The 298 ERA in 90 and two-thirds innings. 73 strikeouts to 16 walks with six home runs allowed. So strikeouts are a bit low. I'll give you that. 7.25 per nine. Low. Walks, 1.59. Very good. And I think the reason for this is the stuff isn't amazing, but the command is. So, fastball, 92 to 94. It's got a little bit of run to it, a little bit of sink to it. It's an interesting pitch. Um, slider is a, uh, let's, sorry, changeup is above average. Uh, slider's kind of average. Curveball is fringy. Uh, but here's the thing. He can put any of those four pitches exactly where he wants to put it. Pinpoint command. You could put a candle on top of home plate and he could throw a ball and blow the candle out without knocking over the candle. Like, absolute pinpoint command. Now, the issue with that is, especially when your stuff isn't amazing, is if you don't have the command dialed in just right, you can get rocked. But uh, Landon Marceau is the type of guy that. Sits in the back end of your rotation. He pitches 180 innings a year. He gives you, he takes the ball 25 times. He gets you through a season. He's that thing that every contender needs in the regular season. It is a long season, 162 games. And you need a guy like Landon Marceau. And you take that control artist. Not just a control pitcher. He's a control artist. You take him. Get him a little bit of natural physical development and to build a little bit of velo while keeping 90% of that command and you can create a middle of the rotation scary pitcher. So I know it feels like he he's not amazing off the radar gun. Don't worry about that. That's not what he's here for. He's here to pinpoint dot the plate with fastballs, with curveballs, with sliders, with change-ups, with whatever he wants, wherever he wants it. And again, a little bit of physical development, a little bit of velocity improvement, and you've got a dude right here. Another prospect I want to make sure we cover in this system, Kai Bush. 6'6", 240, one of the, the better-known prospects in the system, number three overall, was a 2021 second rounder at a St. Mary's. Uh, big body, right? I mean, obviously, 6'6", 240, to go along with that fastball, uh, can touch 96. It's got a lot, a lot of late riding action to it. For a lefty, it's a very good fastball. I mean, again, plus, very good. 
Um, command was a little bit iffy in college. It's gotten better as a pro. He's got an above average slider that has more vertical movement than horizontal movement. So we talk on the show a lot about how some sliders are like the sweepy sliders. That's what the um, that's what the Yankees teach is that horizontal breaking sweepy slider. The Astros teach that. We have some teams that like the the induced vertical break of um, and that is what Kai Bush has, kind of like the Cubs. The Cubs are big into that as well. Um, to go along with that, he's got a, like a curveball. It's kind of slow. He's got a changeup. They're both fringy. They're getting better. Really good athlete. Um, has a good combination of stuff and feel and command. If you can get one of those secondaries to above average or get them both to average, you're looking at a middle to back of the rotation guy. I like the stuff. I love a good lefty curveball. I wish Kai's was a little better. Love the fastball. And I think that if he disguised them a little better, he you might be able to make it with just the fastball slider. Uh, so, but it'll work to be done there. But either way, promising prospect. There's a reason he's a top five prospect in this system. And somebody who can have a very good impact because he's a great athlete, uh, good delivery, and very repeatable. Uh, probably the breakout pitcher in this system, unranked guy, Eric Torres, 2021 14th rounder out of Kansas State. Got eight games in high A last year. Didn't look great. 5.4 ERA. Rocket City this year, 42 games, every single one of them in relief. He was the closer. 1.59 ERA. 81 strikeouts to 23 walks. Uh, only gave up three home runs all season. So 14, only 14 and a quarter walks per nine uh, versus four walks per nine. Walks were a little bit higher than you'd love from a back of the uh, a back of the bullpen guy, but fantastic athlete, and he has a really unique slot. It drops down almost sidearm, and so what that does is it means that everything that he throws moves differently than you expect. So lefty fastball coming in from a sidearm slot, it's it's velocity is good for a lefty, 93 to 95. He gets a lot of swing and miss on it because it's a very unusual movement profile. Sliders, 80 to 84. I think it's above average. Changeup's still a newer pitch for him. I, I it's put, It's closer to average than anything, but it's a combination that honestly, is probably just about ready to, to go into a big league bullpen now. I expect next next year probably breaks spring training in AAA, gets called up sooner rather than later, and it absolutely is a good back-end back combination for you. You need a lefty reliever like that. And again, for a lefty, very good stuff, unusual look to it. The deception is there. The movement profile just throws people off, and I think that that's why... Uh, Eric Torres has a promising future and should be a ranked prospect, should not be uh, not in the top 30 at all. Needs to be in the top 30, maybe even the top 20 in this system because I think he's a big league pitcher now. I think he's he's already a big league pitcher without any sort of further development. Do want to take a second to address a guy that gets brought up quite a bit among Angels fans uh, and first baseman, Sonny Deshera. Uh, Fifth rounder in 2022 out of Auburn. Uh, I kind of think I'm uniquely qualified to do this segment right here because I covered him, I covered his senior season 
of college baseball at Auburn for Sports Illustrated. Um, somewhat of a polarizing player, but fans love him, and for good reason you should. He's a really entertaining player, and he's a really good person. Uh, so pros and cons with Sonny Deshera, right? So power, plus, plus, absolute, ridiculous raw power. Can hit to all fields. Now, a lot of his home runs in his senior year came off of fastballs that were kind of left out over the plate on hitters counts. Uh, you can get them with velocity kind of up and away. You can get them with stuff off the plate. You can get them with with off speed. We saw his numbers later in the season in Rocket City as the book started to get out. The scouting book got out on how do you get out Sonny Deshera. But for the most part, he's going to battle through an at-bat. Uh, if you leave a mistake, he's going to crush it. He He's 23 years old, so he's a little bit older than a t- traditional prospect. Uh, has has a bigger body, speed's not great. And so the question is, can he stick at first? Does he need to be a DH? Either way, absolutely a guy that can hit, can hit for power, and somebody who can contribute. His college stats, his senior year, 383, 549, 777. 79 hits and 206 at-bats. 59 RBIs, 22 home runs, 55 strikeouts to 68 walks. At one point in time, he led the country in on-base percentage. He may have finished this, may have finished the season. Um, yeah, he led the nation in on-base percentage and walks per game, tied for first in walks, and then led the SEC in batting average, on-base, and slugging. So, no matter what you might think about his future position, dude's a hitter. Dude can hit, and so. Keep developing this, and you have a guy who has major league power right now. So excited to see what Sonny Deshera does. I expect him to go back to Rocket City next year uh, for at least the first part of the season, depending on how that looks before a move to AAA. But absolutely looks, uh, has the tools to be an impact hitter. What a fantastic week this week. Going to have another great one next week. Until then, if you have questions for the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm, or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Enjoy the World Series this weekend, and until next week, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. Mm-hmm.